Good morning, everyone. With me this morning is Liz Perry with Travel Juno. She is joined by Elizabeth Arnett with Tourism Best Management Practices, also known as TBMP, and Alex Freybeck, the city's tourism manager. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. And um, I, Alex Freybeck is uh, fantastic and did a great job while she was at DBA, but uh, I'm Alex Pierce. Oh my God. <laughs> what a way to start today. I'm so sorry, Alex. No. It's all good. It's flattering. <laughs> Alexandra Pierce. Okay. Now let's start over again. Now, now Elizabeth, you're 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 new. Are, are you taking Kirby Day's spot over there at TBMP? I am taking over the administrative functions of TBMP for Kirby. He's done it for so many years and he was ready to step back. And uh, I was ready to step forward. I retired from Travel Juno a number of years ago. I'd spent about 10 years there promoting Juno as a uh, travel destination, and I absolutely love the job. Retirement is great, but I, I miss the people, I miss the action, and I've always been very fond of the TBMP program. So when the opportunity came up, I took it. Well, let's go ahead and test your knowledge of TBMP. <laughs> if somebody does not know what TBMP is, what, how would you explain it to them? Okay, it's a nonprofit organization that was developed back in 1997. As the cruise industry started bringing more and more and more people to town, a lot of concerns were coming up between the residents and possibly sometimes the visitors that things weren't working out as well as they could be. So rather than waiting for the city to start making the rules, the, the tourism community itself got together and said, let's, let's police ourselves a little bit and develop guidelines that we are going to agree to follow to help mitigate some of these impacts that are on the community uh, from all of these people that, that were each year it was increasing almost exponentially. And so um, they did that and one of the big parts is they developed a, a document called Tourism Best Practices Guidelines. And each year it is updated, it's evolving, it's sort of a living document. As new issues come forward, they get in, uh, included in the, the new document for the following year. Operators around town, and including everyone from bus drivers to well-watching captains to, to downtown retail businesses, they sign on to their section to agree to to the best of their ability to follow those guidelines and when they are not followed and we get a concern mentioned on the hotline they get notified so that they can take care of it and address it and this may be a question for either you or or liz here uh, we saw the news recently that tbmp is now under travel juno what does this mean for the program well, we felt that uh, Travel Juno was a good fit. We've been the administrative uh, pass-through arm for TBMP since its inception. And uh, because we are... A pass-through arm? Yeah, the administrative arm. So, you know, for example, when Kirby would uh, put an ad through in the paper or something that would we, we needed to, uh, you know, pay the Empire or pay KINY for the ads that they do, we took care of the financial administration of that and made sure that the bills were paid. And reported back to the city um, on that as well. And the other piece that makes this really workable for Travel Juno is that we can create a database module uh, that sits alongside our uh, CRM module so that we can better capture 
um, and report on the data that we get from the uh, public. So this will make reporting easier. We've been doing this on a giant spreadsheet for years. And this will um, make sure that the reporting is simplified, static, and it's just a better way to capture data. Mm. So it's it's it seemed more like a logistical decision then. Well, it was logistical, uh, but we worked with Alex. We worked with the city on uh, trying to uh, figure out the best home for TBMP, especially with Kirby, with you know, with all of his years of experience stepping away. And this seemed like a really natural fit. And that way, we want to really maintain the idea that this is a voluntary program for our operators. Um, and we wanted it to sit with um, an organization that not only was familiar with it and had handled it for a number of years, um, but would kind of take it, you know, off-site from the city. We did not want it to appear to be a regulatory program. Now, when I saw this announcement, I thought destination marketing and tourism management under one roof, so to say. How do you see those two objectives melding? Well, they sit side by side because one of the things that we want to really be mindful of are the impacts that uh, that the travel industry does have for our city. So this is still a standalone program um, in and of itself. It has its own budget. It has its own, own budget, uh, budget line and funding. And uh, this provides us a mechanism to not only see what the concerns are for the public, but how can Travel Juno better address those in our marketing to the the, you know, to the outside world about what a great place Juno is. So there are some, you know, synergies, for lack of a better term, with having this in-house. I don't know, Alex, do you have anything else you want to add yes, to Ms. that? Yes, Ms. Pierce. <laughs> sure, yeah, I think um, Travel Juno does, uh, performs a range of services, um, including staffing visitor information centers, which is part marketing, part kind of wayfinding, part, you know, therapy, <laughs> problem solving. So um, the, there's, there's kind of a continuum of um, activities that Travel Juno performs for the city, staffing the crossing guard program, TBMP. And um, those things, in my mind, all sit really well together because there's the marketing arm, but then there's kind of the marketing the destination to people while they're here so they want to come back piece. And that's where TBMP fits in. That's where the Visitor Info Centers fit in, the crossing guards and um, and things like that. And, you know, I will say that within the industry, um, TBMP is recognized as a real success story for destination stewardship. And so we're kind of promoted within um, within the tourism industry for TBMP. So there's a, there are a couple different, to use Liz's word, synergies there. Now, Alex, while, while you were explaining that, I was also thinking this is an interesting, uh, this is an interesting uh, point with the city's tourism management because before, I remember it would just fall under the city manager's office. Mm-hmm. But now today we have you the city's tourism manager as well as travel juno with tbmp all of this now seeming centralized what does this mean for the next tour season well one of the big recommendations that the visitor industry task force made um in 2020 was to create a centralized function for tourism management and so would you say that's executed i 
I'd say we're we're a lot of the way there. Um, and I, I work in the manager's office. I report to the city manager. So it does still technically fall under the manager's office. Um, it just has a position assigned to it now instead of the city manager and a number of different staff all yeah. kind of trying to make their different um, pieces and parts work. Um that also allows a position that spends a lot of time working with Travel Juno. Um, I'm the liaison to the Travel Juno board. And then um, we also worked with TBMP extensively under Kirby. Um, so this is kind of, it's a natural fit and um, we'll continue to to work together with Travel Juno and the other community organizations that um, have a hand in tourism going forward. Now, Elizabeth, is there any plans for TBMP for the next season, or is it just full steam ahead? Well, it's always full steam ahead in tourism, but the the plan now is to start gathering comments and suggestions for uh elevating the guidelines to the to the next level for 2023 so we we ask the tour operators and tvmp members but we also ask the city manager parks and rec docks and harbors alex for things that they have heard concerns that they have gotten from the community or things that they have observed that can be improved upon by the people who provide the services to our visitors because we we have to have our community comfortable as comfortable as possible with what's happening with our visitor industry. And we'll go ahead and touch on the survey that McKinley had done recently for the city after the break. Stay tuned. And we're back. We have Travel Juno's Liz Perry, TBMP's Elizabeth Arnett, and Alex Pierce, the city's tourism manager. Don't let don't let me let that down, okay, Alex. <laughs> I'll remember that. Now shout the, out to Alex Brayback. Uh, <laughs> shout out to her. The now the Juno Assembly had a discussion centered on tourism last night, and at that meeting, they were presented the McKinley Research Tourism Survey. Uh, this, for context, this had 500 randomly selected residents that were surveyed. They said. 35% uh, 35% said tourism had a positive impact. 41% said both positive and negative and 16% said there's no impact. Alex, I'll start with you. What do these numbers mean to you? What what's your reaction? So, when I look at these numbers, um I like to look at them over time. So, in um from 2002 to 2022, we have um, a comparison of the overall impact on households. And um, there hasn't been substantial change in, in these numbers. I think um, we were at about 40% positive in um, 2002 and we're at 35% in 2022. Um, both positive and negative creeped up a little bit. Um, 41% in 2022 from 37% back in 2002 and 33% last year. And then, um, you know, negative impacts have stayed pretty steady at um, somewhere between 6 and 8% with um, 
no impact being the highest in 2021, which, um, but still not a huge change, 20% to, to 16% uh, between 2021 and 2022, which is a little bit understandable coming off of the pandemic. We we're asking people in 2021 to think back to 2019. So um, you know, to me, it helps me um, see whether there are major changes in the impacts to the community. Um, these are these really aren't major changes, and um, we like to look at these numbers over time to, in context with the rest of the survey results, to see what we need to change. Now, Elizabeth, I wanted to bring you in with your lens. What do you think of these uh, of these results? The the thoughts on impacts of tourism in Juneau. Well, sometimes in my mind, I just break it down for the 35% that said it has a positive impact. It is probably the people that work in the industry, you know, and then the people who are positive and negative and people like me, I love the industry. I did work in the industry, but I'm impacted negatively on occasion. Uh, I try not to let it get under my skin and rant on Facebook about it. But, you know, it it does have an impact. I've lived here since 1988. I've seen the changes happen. Um, the traffic downtown is a concern. And that's one of the things about TBMP. The hotline is so important, a connection between residents' concerns and operators being able to correct those concerns if they can and also suggestions people make suggestions all the time that that possibly get put into a guideline or just get passed along to dot or something like that but um for the extreme negative impacts i i don't see it because i love tourism so it's hard for me to to understand that bandwidth a little bit you had mentioned some of the concerns, and I saw in the concerns in the survey, the top ones revolved around congestion. You had mentioned there was some vehicle congestion, but there was also congestion concerns at Mendenhall Glacier and sidewalks downtown. Now, Alex, like you were saying, looking back, these are not new issues. They're, they're, they're probably about the same position they were last year. Uh, what's being done to address some of these concerns, though? Let, let, let's start with uh, Mendenhall Glacier, for example, because there was also a side question for that one. Absolutely. So Mendenhall Glacier has been going through a long and extensive um, planning process to uh, help mitigate some of the impacts of crowding. And um, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what their timeline is for um, construction on the whatever they decide to do, but um, but they've they've been going through a process. Um, in terms of downtown congestion and vehicle congestion, uh, we installed stanchions, pedestrian stanchions last year, which I think have made a really positive impact on downtown, kind of keep people on the sidewalk and from doing that classic tourist wander out into the middle of the road to take a picture of the mountain. And I mean, you're allowed to do that in Europe, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, but it's not the same. Yeah. Yeah. Italian drivers love it just as much as uh, the AML truck you just stepped out in front of here. So, so, um, so keep them on the sidewalk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think, um, I think that's been helpful. And, you know, we continue to um, work on seawalk projects. Those are very slow moving because there's 
a lot of parts and pieces and they're very expensive. Um, they have private land ownership issues and all sorts of other um, negotiations that have to, to happen to connect the Seawalk. But um, as, as those projects take shape, um, that will help mitigate congestion on sidewalks downtown as well, getting people onto the water side. Well, we have a few more minutes here, but I wanted to make sure we address this as well, because on the question of whether to cap ships in Juneau, it looks like yes. about half of the respondents, 46%, are supportive of a five large ship limit. And then 60% said in another question that limiting large ships a day to five should be a high priority. Uh, Alex, would you like to address this question or would either of you like to comment? Sure, I'm happy to address it. So. Um, we had 43% say they were supportive and 26% said they were very supportive for a total of 69% um, with 20% either opposed or very opposed. And um, the the five ship limit first showed up in our um, long range waterfront plan in 2004. So um, we've been talking about this for 20 years and our port capacity has been five ships for the past 20 years or so. And um, with the discussion around a potential fifth cruise ship dock, it's um, important that we maintain our current capacity and um, don't in and don't translate adding another dock, which may have benefits for vehicle management, congestion mitigation, some of the things that we were talking about in earlier parts of the survey by just moving. Um, a ship full of people outside of the downtown bottleneck um, at the same time if that means adding a whole nother ship import that's ever available every day um, with the anchorage then that's problematic and that doesn't meet our long-term tourism goals so um, now we're trying to solidify that five ship limit um, I presented the assembly with a range of options for that last night um, we're pursuing it through negotiation with the industry um, that's kind of everybody's preferred or I guess CBJ and the industry's preferred method at this point Liz, I wanted to give you the final word here because we're nearly out of time. Is there anything you'd like to add on the survey? Uh, no, I, I agree with Alex that we need to take all of the survey results um, in the context of results over time. And we and as we keep doing these surveys, they just help inform the decisions that the entire industry makes, that the city makes, that Travel Juno makes uh, to again, you know, mitigate the um, impacts that the industry has on the community while also uh, helping us uh, serve our visitors in the best way possible and help our small businesses grow in the best way possible. Very good. Well, thank you three for being here thank this you. morning. Thank you. And thank you for listening this morning. This is Kevin Allen for Action Line signing off.